Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurship Policy Pulse, a podcast by the Faith Institute of Faith Foundation. Our conversations would revolve around Nigeria's entrepreneurship ecosystem, touching on key thematic areas and preferring policy recommendations. This podcast would feature researchers, policy influencers and stakeholders within Nigeria's entrepreneurship ecosystem. Hello there. Welcome to the concluding part of the conversation on Nigeria's fiscal and monetary policy outlook, implications for Nigeria's entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our guest is still Dr. Tayo Adulaju, who is the Chief Officer and Senior Fellow Economic Policy, Strategy and Competitiveness at the Nigerian Economic Summit Group. If you haven't listened to the initial part of this conversation, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you had mentioned that you know the impact of this would go on for a while um how do businesses survive in this phase um what type of support systems or structures or interventions do we need to have in place so uh, so there are two ways to deal with the high inflationary environment one mm -hmm. way is um to keep raising interest rates and cbn has already maxed out that memo you know there's been a every the npr has moved every quarter by one or 1.5 points every quarter for the last one year right so we are doing that already it's not abating because of course the you can't you can't you can't be raising npr and then do what you did with the new naira currency which triggered its own inflationary pressure Right. So, um, two things to do that could be useful mm. is one is to um, think of adjusted interest rates for MSMEs. That's something that we could consider. Mm. The other thing is to accelerate economic stimulus or investments in sectors that directly impact MSMEs. So, for example, stable electricity, mm. okay, with a, for example, a a conscious effort to not ask MSMEs to pay more for electricity, mm. um, what you call uh, electricity tariff subsidy, mm. um, a targeted subsidy in electricity tariff, where if you're an MSME, okay, the government basically exempts you from higher tariff rate. We have currently in some parts of the country, we are setting locations, pay different electricity tariff because of yeah, their location. Yeah. Um, so Ikohi doesn't pay Wagege pays <laughs> ahead. So so it's, yeah. it's something like that. But that will now only be possible where you're dealing with geographically targeted MSMEs. Um, because if you're an MSME then in Ikohi, <laughs> there's no hope for you. <laughs> like they pay what the big man is paying. But some more targeted interventions as, as, as MSMEs will be will be important. Um, but when you think of the ease of doing business for MSMEs, it is tax. Absolutely. Well, that's for those that are formal MSMEs. Mm -hmm. It's tax and it is uh, electricity and it is access to credit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the Fate Institute has a lovely report on access to capital. So, by the way, you can access all the reports that Dr. Tayo is referencing at www.fatefoundation.org forward slash research. Okay, great. Um, yeah, and, and so you have a report on access to capital that basically points to the bottlenecks. The, so when you look at the finance service value chain, the conditions 
already didn't work for SMEs before this current crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them complained that the conditions of access was a problem. Yeah. Um, the cost of access is a, was a problem. The speed of access to capital is a problem. And then the type of capital, right, is a problem. Um, uh, and so uh, what, we would, what we would need to see from this government is a financial system strengthening where we go back and rethink how do we finance MSMEs. Okay. I think the financing of MSMEs should have a broader template that includes mm-hmm. um, a better insurance system to support MSMEs. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that insurance companies really likely recapitalize be able to do that type of business. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is um, commercial lending to MSMEs needs to be um, uh, almost legislated off the balance sheet of uh, commercial uh, 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 banks and financial institutions um, so that there is some regulation in banking that forces them to do more than less mm. um, um, for MSMEs in terms of the percentage of their balance sheet going to MSMEs. Um, there are big issues of de-risking MSMEs that are still semi-formal. Um, when, you, when you discuss access to credit, one of the biggest challenges with um, the sector we, are, we want to protect is that the sector cannot be protected if it does not become visible to the financial system. And so you go into the question of structure uh, and the ability to uh, scale up just the basic things. Some of the things that we've done at the NSG, uh, you know, for example, is that the newcomer eases the, uh, the process of business registration. Um, some of those should naturally come along to help this process. The Secure Transactions Act for immovable, uh, uh, movable uh, 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 assets register has not performed as well as we wanted it to perform mm-hmm. in terms of using movable assets by MSMEs as collateral mm-hmm. to get credit. Mm-hmm. And the banks have not leveraged it in such a way and tested it in such a way that it has become a useful alternative. Um, that's something that needs to happen. We need to improve other types of access. Most MSMEs are in a value chain where goods and goods are stored in warehouses. Yeah. And we still do not have a warehouse receipt system in Nigeria mm-hmm. that makes warehouse receipts a collateral. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are big pieces of the financial system that have not evolved specifically to favor the MSME. Um, the the, the um, transformation of cooperatives into microfinance institutions is something that has come too slowly. Mm. Um, most informal sector MSMEs will be formalized through a cooperative. Mm. Okay? Um, okay. If you look at the data, they are more inclined to it's formalize through a cooperative than through a bank. Mm. Right? Therefore, we need to start to think organically about how do you transform you know, uh, trade cooperatives that already do business together, they know each other, etc., as the way to move to more formal structures. So I think I will say that government's investment in formalization is a big part of solving the problem. Mm-hmm. As long as what we don't do is we do not now subject cooperatives that are transforming to MFIs 
to registered MFIs to the same type of commercial rules that guide um, uh, commercial banks that have stifled growth completely. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that a lot has to do in the financial systems deepening that focuses on the kind of credit, the kind of capital the that products. is required by MSMEs. Yeah. Um, MSMEs also are in the riskier part of the value chain. They do not have the amount of tools to hedge big risks mm -hmm. like foreign exchange shocks mm -hmm. that on their balance sheet that a big corporate will have. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they are prone to big shifts like the shifts that have come from unification of the and the foreign exchange rate, mm -hmm. which is the second big policy that's come out the door. Um, the NSG supports the unification of the exchange rate, by the way, and this is because um, before this, we had multiple windows where those that could access authorities got a more favorable rate and those that didn't basically went to the open market to get theirs, mm -hmm. creating a default hidden subsidy mm -hmm. for some people and basically punished others. Mm -hmm. And so um, anything that moves towards a fairer system where everybody is in the market you know, pricing and buying and selling at a rate that is reflective of the demand for FX mm. is key. The big question is how do you reduce the demand for FX? Um, one is to increase the amount of uh, swaps you could do between Naira and other currencies, particularly from big trading partners. If, when Nigeria is trading with China, we mustn't go to, we shouldn't go to the USD at all mm. um, because of the size and the volume of the trade, mm. right? If we just traded between Naira and Yon and didn't go to the USD, nobody will demand for the USD in Nigeria. They will demand for the currency they need, right? Um, so what's happening? So, so, but, but because, of course, uh, many Nigerians are comfortable also saving their money in USD. Mm -hmm. So there's that drive for it. I think what we are seeing now in the market will 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 adjust once the speculators stop speculating because everybody's still speculating will he after right. after three months will he keep it or will he not keep it right. but for right. now that's another pressure point for the msme because whatever you are bringing in um is now at this single rate right which by the way was the only rate msmes could historically get mm -hmm. in the last seven eight years many of the small boys could not access the 450 that they were calling mm -hmm. were buying in the open market mm -hmm. okay so some people will argue we were buying it before now <laughs> you know as the nigerian you know way of saying mm, this pressure was here it's just that only some of us are feeling now all of us are feeling it and so and so i think in a way just judging from your response the government is already doing some work you know so, uh, to to support businesses and easing Easing the pressure, as, as 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 it were, from all of the policy implementation that's um, ongoing. I would say, look, I, I I would say that the subsidy at least with the unification of all yeah. the exchange rate windows, yeah. right? So from your response, that sounds like something that that's you know already been done, and maybe mm. in a way they're on the right path. Yeah, you know. So so that. yeah, I th I think I think we're on the right path, but I don't think we're there yet, uh -huh. and I think it is too. Early. early to say Uhuru. I think where, where we are is a place where uh, we are in a delicate place mm -hmm. because we have now created a perfect storm in terms of vulnerabilities. 
high inflationary environment, high interest rates, um, high cost of doing business across board. Okay. So we must see market and sector reforms begin to create cushions and adjustments. And so essentially, access to credit is definitely something the government yes, should be looking at. Yes, access to credit, huge investments in, in electricity, things like electricity, energy, cost of doing business. And infrastructure. And infrastructure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, in addition to that, some incentives for incentives for in, to create create a set of enough incentives for investors who now cannot argue that they can't see how to repatriate their funds. They don't know what interest rate they'll come into the market or not to the market to have. Those things are now being sold. So if you look at the PFI uh, financial markets, financial markets is rallying mm-hmm. because they're saying, yeah, we can... Now the question is, how do you create incentives for, the fi- for, for financial markets and uh, investors to put more money in Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Our guess is that just... Is that if you put if we put a hundred billion dollars mm-hmm. worth of investments in Nigeria, it will neutralize your inflation effect complete almost hot completely. Mm-hmm. We would immediately see an adjustment. And so the question for the new government is not simply to say we've done this, let's see what happens. No, we now need to see some aggressive global Drive. investment promotion going on mm. to say now that we have adjusted to a more predictable stable market set bring of policies that is fair for everyone bring your money to nigeria we need mm-hmm. to see the president needs to appoint some nigerian marketers mm-hmm. investment marketers globally right. Right. and as that inv- those investments come in the, the investments will impact sectors that msmas are in they will draw more value the market will expand mm-hmm to absorb the investment and create opportunities the msmes will feed off those opportunities their balance sheet will change because of that also and that will affect uh their profitability government can now tax their profit it will increase government revenues that will bring down um um some of the border cost of doing, doing business reduce inflation etc 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 we can um, begin to sing kumbaya um, <laughs> in, in a way, in, 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 in the medium to ex- term, to, to some extent, in the medium um, term. Yeah. Okay, so you've you've begun to touch on on my next question, which which really looks at the outlook and what we can expect. I mean, we're already seeing we're already seeing this happen. Um, so you began to touch on some of the points I was about to ask in my next question, uh, which is really the outlook. Um, with regards to fiscal and monetary policy, right? So on the back of what we're saying now, what should we expect going forward? Um, do we expect to see more reforms being introduced? I mean, right now, everybody's still trying to adjust to some of the introductions that we're seeing already. But but what should we expect? What's the outlook looking like? Um, I mean, just going by the things the president has promised, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um the outlook based on how he has behaved. So you have to, mm-hmm. I mean, remember that this is less than a month yes. of the Tinubu presidency. Yes. How it's, or how he has behaved. So the pace, the scope and the structure of his reforms gives a lot of positive outlook. Okay. And that's just not from Nigeria, it's from the world. You're hearing okay. it from the investment communities. You're hearing it from the World Bank, IMF. You're hearing it from Paris Club. You're hearing it from Wall Street. Okay. Everyone is saying, dude if you sustain this pace of reforms you have our attention okay. for what uh, so what right the big mm-hmm. question is mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. um in the next few weeks the president needs to appoint ministers the ministers need to reflect their understanding of what it takes 
to make the markets adjust quickly to mm. reduce the burden that Nigerians and MSMEs are feeling today. Mm. Um, that yeah, is not something it. I can bet on until I see the ministerial <laughs> list. So right. the ministerial list and the kind of people he appoints and their understanding of markets and how to support markets with policy, regulation and rules to adjust properly will be interesting to see. Right. The second thing is there's a positive outlook on growth Okay. If you can bring in the kind of investments I spoke about earlier. So right. imagine that we can attract uh, uh, 60 to $100 billion worth of investments into Nigeria in 12 months, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, very Visible. possible, mm-hmm. very, very, very doable. Mm-hmm. That will significantly change the dynamics. Okay. Um, Nigeria removing subsidies should be on track to pay its debts. Okay. okay, so one of the things about the subsidy removal is that we are not at risk of defaults. Okay. So because we're not at risk of defaults, we can now sit down with the global financial institutions to negotiate for resources to pursue it, our development agenda. And so we expect a very competent and robust set of conversations between Nigeria and the multilateral institutions mm-hmm. that she needs to collaborate with to get stuff done. Okay. If that happens, we should see inflation come down as we see growth triggered by investments on one hand, or trade on the other mm-hmm. hand. This is a government that has promised to be self-sufficient, but also to aggressively export made in Nigeria goods right. elsewhere. Right. That's MSME. Yep. Um, the backbone of all export expansion is the strength of your middle-sized and small Small, firms and supporting industries, right? Right. So if we pursue an aggressive expansion program, Nigeria has the potential of going from a near where we we do approximately um, 55 to $59 billion worth of trade. Mm. Uh, Imagine we go from that to $100 billion uh, worth of trade. Again, possible to us in the short term what that would mean just in terms of the balance of trade. Now, imagine that we can do that in the medium term. MSMEs are back to work. Sectors are back working. MSMEs can employ more people. They are more profitable. The country is earning more revenue outside of oil. Hopefully, our our expansion of trade will be non-oil expansion of trade which allows for other sectors like agriculture, digital, creative, um, um, agro-allied health, education, Education. uh, other uh, services, sectors we can export to come along and truly make a transformative uh, difference. Um, The last thing that the current uh, uh, government, government has promised to do as a good signal is to more proactively compete in the African continental free trade area. Mm. In the last um, eight years, we have struggled with our willingness to participate Mm -hmm. because reforms for making local firms competitive were not coming quickly. Mm -hmm. So local firms were afraid that if you open Nigeria up to the African market, when they cannot be competitive, that other African competitors and pairs will wipe local firms out. Um, but I think that a government that promises, I will ensure you can compete with the rest of Africa, mm-hmm. okay, and then can follow through and keep their promises, mm-hmm. will then allow bolder entrepreneurs um, within the entrepreneurial ecosystem to then say, right, we have the support we need to pivot yeah. into um, 
West Africa, North Africa, um, you know, East Africa, South Africa, you know, and the rest of the world of the case may be. So I think the question really is now, these are the things in the promise, mm -hmm. right? Can we get the promise to become action? Um, the pro president has also promised big changes in the national security architecture because one mm -hmm. of the, um, the well-stated risks Mm -hmm. of doing business in Nigeria beyond infrastructure and ease of doing business is security. Mm -hmm. um, we lost a big chunk of the food value system and value chains in Nigeria last year to simply farmers not being able to go to their farms because of kidnapping terrorists or right. something. Or, right. you know. So so just just improving security. You know, the sense and the uh, tangibility of safety and security for of, of lives, property, businesses, and your investments and assets mm -hmm. in Nigeria will also grow uh, um, a spark of investment. There are many big cities in Nigeria that should be 24-hour economies mm -hmm. that shut down at 5 p.m. Yeah. because of security. Imagine that we achieved the level of ambient security where Kanu uh, 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 you know, Abuja, Potako, you know, uh, Onicha, uh, Lagos, uh, our big uh, uh, city economies and nerve centers are awake 24 7. Right. Um, so imagine in Lagos, Lagos is doing half of its real potential because it goes mm. to sleep mostly because of security reasons, mm. except in some parts of Lagos. Imagine mm. you could keep Lagos awake. Right. where the economy is working 24 hours a day like the way Dubai and other yeah, yeah. uh, city economies work the transformative effects of that alone but that can happen if people are afraid boys will Otherwise. move at night yep. so um, so the president it's, the president has big promises to keep mm -hmm. um, and but all doable I think the last transformative thing that he's promised is to put youths to work he's not said how mm -hmm. Um we hope he will say true MSMEs and not true direct labor. Uh -huh. yeah. Because most governments end up saying, we'll give you this job and then they want to give us direct jobs. Mm. Um, well, young people, I think they would like to see government support innovative, creative businesses that right. employ them rather right. than tell them to go and work on a farm. Right. You know, uh, which right. seems to be the way, you know, we've caught the conserva conservative ideological Nigeria thinks about job right. creation so uh, we have heard him say there will be a jobs plan we haven't heard yet that that jobs plan is tied to entrepreneurship um, uh yeah to um entrepreneurship and to drive entrepreneurship especially driving the entrepreneurial ecosystem as against mm -hmm. driving political entrepreneurs because over the years there have been many interventions of the government that went to political entrepreneurs who were not doing anything before and after the program were not doing anything after. You know, whereas there are thousands of real entrepreneurs who are creating and products people. and services yeah. um, that and entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurial ecosystem is significantly young. Again, a great right. report by the Fate uh, um, Institute on um, um, the state the of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship in Nigeria 2022. Yes. I think we put the number of uh, 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 um, uh, MSMEs that are young at, uh, I think it was... Uh, over, over, it was over 50%, over 50% almost or 70%. Yeah. Um, I, I, but the challenge is that most of these businesses in a decade, um, most of them are not surviving a decade, only 2%, right? 
of these businesses survive their first 10 years. Well, so so the, the hope is that, you know, like you have described, with the positive outlook, mm. you know, would see a lot of growth within the entrepreneurship ecosystem. And I think this also brings me to the point of policy advocacy, mm. which also brings me to my next question mm. around what is the role of the NESG and particularly the MSMA community of practice and some context here because the Fade Institute is the facilitator for the MSMA community mm. of practice within the NESG. But um, what, what is the role of the NESG and this community of practice in engaging in policy advocacy for an improved you know policy and regulatory space um, you, you touched on on young people so yeah. i mean it seems that that's that's a critical angle to drive advocacy around mm. so so the thing about it is that um so first um, i say to people ask me what the NESG is NESG is a tr three decades old policy and advocacy think tank led by the private sector we are not government mm -hmm. we are private sector led the entire board of the NESG are CEOs of the top corporates in Nigeria. Right. And so our agenda from 1993 was to create a more open, competitive, more diverse, more sustainable Nigerian economy right. built on the principles of free market and free enterprise, a commitment to private sector-led investments, right. ease of doing business, the rule of law, rule-based markets, governance and national interest, and to ensure that it is done within democratic principles as the foundation for a modern Nigerian economy. Within right. that context, we have built several communities of practice that create, that, that overlook cross-cutting themes important to the Nigerian economy. So we have a community of practice of youth, gender, and of course, we have a community of practice on MSMEs. The MSME community of practice is um, crucial to how the energy thinks of the reform of the Nigerian economy because if 75% of your economy is informal and that 75%, 92% of it is MSMEs, you cannot transform your economy if you do not transform that sector. Also, no country has become competitive without paying attention to its medium and small size firms. Mm -hmm. There is, in fact, the rule of national competitive advantage is if we look at any value chain and there are no medium and small size firms, it means they know how to aggregate the skills, the capacity, the capability to convert raw material to finished products that doesn't exist in your country. So MSMEs are crucial to us because there is no economic structure, no real economic foundation without them. Um, your big corporates do what big corporates do. But it means that you cannot aggregate the other value addition that comes from support services, related industries, etc. Mm -hmm. So we, having looked across all value chains in Nigeria, have come to a consensus and conclusion that all value chains remain broken without fixing MSMEs in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. If you look at agriculture, 85% uh, um, of agriculture is still in the hands of smallholder farmers and small businesses. So you cannot transform agriculture in Nigeria without transforming the smallholder farmer mm -hmm. and smallholder, small agro uh, enterprises. Um, when you look at mining, mining is in the hands of artisanal miners and, uh, and small mining firms. Okay, again, almost 87% of mining. So again, you cannot transform mining and solid mineral sector without, um, you know, when you look at creatives, creative mm -hmm. sector is again significantly, mm -hmm. maybe even higher, 90% um, 
small and medium enterprises. Mm -hmm. You cannot transform creative industry and skill without them. You know, just, and as you go from value chain to value chain, you come to an interesting conclusion, right? That <laughs> there is no economic growth in Nigeria without transforming the sector. And so we were looking for a partner in Nigeria that was vested, committed to building the entrepreneurial ecosystem to lead and facilitate the community of practice. And of course, um, <laughs> we came to Fate <laughs> Foundation and within Fate Foundation, uh, particularly, we're excited to work with Fate Institute because of Fate Institute's dedication already to and policy focus. advocacy, research, uh, and the kind of catalytic interventions that help the entrepreneurial ecosystem grow in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are excited going into the future, looking at what that holds um, as, as a whole. Um, but like I said, we have reached a conviction, conclusion, uh, and consensus that there is no real sustainable economic growth in Nigeria without a you know, tangible, uh, measurable, perceivable uh, uh, shift in MSMEs becoming formal. So formalization is a big factor for also MSME coming into practice. Mm -hmm. um, competitiveness. Mm. Um, in other words, when you look at firms our size in Germany or in Europe, if firms our size can do what firms their size are doing, mm -hmm. it means we're not competitive, mm -hmm. right? Um, then capacity, when you look at small firms in Germany, uh, I, I keep, uh, you know, so, so I say Germany a lot because I, I've done some cross-study in German MSMEs. Mm -hmm. They are not big firms. They are family-owned companies. Okay. They are 10 people, 12 people, but the capacity the know-how, the technical know-how, the business know-how, the value chains they're connected to, they do big things. Mm. You know, people um, hear these names of German companies and they are shocked when they go to Germany thinking they're going to see one big oh, corporate house. It's yeah. just it's a family business that is well-run, mm. well-integrated into the value chain and very efficient. So we think formalization is a critical issue. Competitiveness of our, uh, our small and medium-sized firms is a big issue. Capacity of us... You know, so capacity development and capacity building, which is something that the Fate Foundation does maybe better than you know many of us um, <laughs> are doing, is a big issue. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, value addition based on solid trade and industrial policy. Um, this is where government enables those value chains to perform at higher levels because government through trade or through investment or through um, tr um, um, industrial policy is allowing our MSMEs to interact with highly competent, highly capable firms. So for example, don't bring a firm that wipes out your, your furniture cluster mm -hmm. in Nabiokuta. Bring an investor that leverages your cluster oh, yeah. to do more. Don't bring a firm that wipes out your fabrication cluster in uh, Abba. Mm -hmm. Bring a firm as, as an investor to bring an enterprise that leverages all that fabrication capacity to do more. Mm -hmm. Don't take uh, a firm that wipes out your rice belt in a Boeing, mm -hmm. in a Bakaliki. Bring a firm that leverages the value chain that to do something significant. And so the idea 
we hope that the next government gets is the is is how is to do trade and investment that allows the local firms grow because right. you can do the type of investments that destroy local firms where you bring a firm that does exactly what your locals are good at doing mm-hmm. it takes their work and their jobs and leaves them broke mm. and doesn't transfer any technology doesn't transfer any knowledge doesn't add any value to the local ecosystem you know so i think that we have to become deliberate and uh, in engaging msmes to understand what they know to do well and by we you're talking about the energy yes and the community of practice yeah. okay uh, mm. um and and that so the real work in the community of practice is fixes mm-hmm. is not to lecture yep. uh nigerians about what nigerians know well right, right? it's fixes is okay we keep saying access to credit is a problem okay what is this what is the perfect set of financial services that msms will need right. what should it look like right. what should the interest rates be right. you know so the community of practice is not meant to be another sound box or uh, echo chamber mm-hmm. shouting the same things people have heard mm-hmm. community of practice is meant to be a fixer almost mm-hmm. it's going and say okay we don't need to debate about access to credit being a problem of MSBs. We know. Okay, what Solutions. type of access of, for credit we need, do right. we need here? Um, we So you say, for example, capacity is a problem. What type of capacity? You know, sometimes we think of capacity as um, simply uh, put them in class and just talk to them. Mm. But MSMEs look for real capacity. There are some sectors that, like, for example, smallholder farmers will never achieve cultivation rates like their peers around the world without mechanization. Forget about mm-hmm. it. Right? So mm-hmm. when you start to discuss certain sectors, certain capacities must be Same in certain place. sectors. Right. You know, um, the number of silver screens. So if you talk to the guys in Hollywood and film, mm-hmm. they tell you the number of silver screens in the country determines the competitors of the country right. in terms of stimulating demand because their business is driven by markets. The market is how many people saw the movie, right? <laughs> that went to your screen to pay to see the movie. Mm-hmm. The means the 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 billboard uh, figures and prices, and that's driven by investment. Now, if there's no if nobody has a set of credit uh, uh, and capital portfolios that fund silver screens, mm-hmm. which is a very unique business, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that show up anywhere mm-hmm. and so we'll keep struggling with a few silver screens in nigeria driven by film house um, genesis silverbird etc 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 but it won't really change the total volume, volume size um as the case may be um so each value chain then has specific capacities that we must build and so the next question is how do we give that some bite the last is the know-how to scale anything does not sit in one location it sits globally mm-hmm. and so um we're hoping that the community of practice will look at other communities and how they've evolved and be able to say come on this um value chains require maybe know-how from a different environment mm-hmm. you know um, countries that produce certain products know certain things right. um people forget that before you couldn't make any movies in nigeria um you couldn't move, make any world-class uh of videos um, um uh, uh, music videos in nigeria to go to south africa 
it was because there was an aggregation of certain know-how in South Africa for a while. But after our people went to South Africa for a while and understudied the South Africans, mm -hmm. then they could come home with the right capital. You know, right capital was now forming in Nigeria mm -hmm. to now replicate some of that. However, we still have destination problems in terms of where to shoot, etc., etc., etc. Studio quality, real estate, still a big issue mm -hmm. um, in that sector. Yeah. So I think um, on that note, um, we've really exhausted all the questions that I have. And I think that um, on the final note is that uh, what we're doing at the community of practice, like Dr. Simon has um, so, um, what's the word now, in-depthly explained and expatiated on is to drive for solutions. Mm. At the end of the day, we're focusing on solutions around entrepreneurship and around entrepreneurs. And on that note, thank you very much, Dr. Tayo Adiloju, for the wealth of information that you've shared with us today. I'm sure that we've all learned one thing or another from this conversation. And so this has been Entrepreneurship Policy Pulse, and we've been discussing Nigeria's fiscal and monetary policy outlook and its implications for Nigeria's entrepreneurship ecosystem. Bye for now.